Holy shit, what a news day coming out of Hallis Hall Emergency Podcast, Chicago Brothers Bear Show. Andre, you and I have followed this team now for multiple decades. I mean, I'm probably in at least three decades, and you're, what, almost four decades now following this team? Yeah. yeah. I have never seen some shit like this going down when it comes to the Bears. I don't even know what to make of today at this point like it it's is... it's been a while it's been a while since you've seen this much so if you were to take all the things we're going to talk about independently not a big deal the fact that they're also all clustered together in one on ryan day, pole's birthday on ryan pole's birthday is a little bit of extreme so we'll just pick them apart one by one and talk about what they are but uh, it's been like a lot of a lot of other people are talking about this, not only media but other uh, fans and podcasts and stuff. But I figured we just give our two cents on what we think about this stuff. Yeah, I mean, we've got four items I think that would be podcasts of their own, and we're gonna blast through all four. So I say let's start with the roster updates. Uh, Braxton Jones goes to IR. Yeah, uh, with a neck injury. Obviously, the offensive line is already in tatters. Their Ibufus came out today and said that, you know, while they're not really considering moving Darnell right to left tackle, they've talked about it. Kind of an answer, non-answer. I have a feeling he's going to stay on the right and Larry Borum is going to come in to the left side. My other thought would be, hey, Tevin's due back in a couple of weeks. Maybe you look at him at left tackle, which is maybe something that should have been done before. So what's your take on uh, this offensive line injury news here it's a it's a shit show this is the last thing so this is going to exacerbate the other things we talk about but this is the last thing you want to do is have a young group especially your left tackle which has some promise to now miss time and with a neck injury we don't know how long he's going to be out now you're going to basically slot guys around they're talking about maybe carter jakari carter to maybe play left so they they honestly, Michael, they don't know. They don't know how they're going to solve this problem. Braxton Jones was the only player to play every snap as an offensive lineman for the Bears last year. And within game two, he's down. And he's not only that, he's your left tackle. This is like, uh, this is becoming like worst case scenarios to have this much inconsistency in the line. Um, and I think they're just scrambling right now. It's just not, it just, just bad luck. I hope that he comes back. I hope it's not a big deal. But with neck injuries, it's one of those things where it, I guess Eberflus said it popped up after the game. So it wasn't something that he felt later. So maybe. Maybe it's a four week trip to IR. I hope it's not the whole season. Yeah. Um, hopefully he can recover I'm, quickly and, and find his way back to the field. I so. mean, so it, the concerning thing is, as you get done with the game, your neck hurts and their decision is to put you on IR, not, yeah. not take you out for a week or two or they're putting you on IR. So they either must have feared or seen something that put him this decision pretty quick or he's really in hurting. Like he can barely move or. I, yeah. I, I mean, generally IR is, you know, reserved for guys who need a surgery or whatever their current injury is would get exacerbated if they were to play, you know, again. Yeah. So, so they, they might realize like, Hey, if we keep putting them in. We might have them for, might lose them 
for longer, if not permanently. In any case, it's to me, you get a player that says, hey, I, they're not injured in the game. So we're talking after game report. Uh, it popped up and all of a sudden he's he's gone for So I don't know if he got maybe something in practice. Um, could could be could have been something from the weight room maybe yeah where it originated from but maybe he popped a disc in his neck or something but uh yeah we don't know the the how we know it's a neck injury and, and we and won't know ir it is and the yeah. offensive line is just now again in scramble mode at best and it yeah. is yeah. toothpicks and duct tape holding that thing together at this point so you know justin fields looking like uh his legs are going to have to do more of the lifting than they have in the first two weeks. So on to the QB news, Nathan Peterman gets released, which means Tyson Bajant is now QB two. And I'm wondering, Andre, if this is the, Hey, we think Bajant's ready to be QB two and we can get rid of Peterman. Or if this is a sign of like, Hey, what we see in Justin Fields is not up to snuff. I, I know you and I talked uh, a couple of times off a pod where he said, Hey, if when we see Bajant move up the depth chart, that's the signal that, Hey, maybe uh, the love for fields is, is waning. God damn it. Where I'm now, I would call Bajant watch. We talked about this. We're now officially in Bajant watch. I didn't want to be in Bajant watch, but here we are. And so this, this is a whole shitload of variables. Realistically, in my mind, one, um, this could just be the general disruption throughout the team. And we're going to, we're going to talk about that in the next two things with the coaching staff and then ultimately with fields. So we don't know if like Peterman was like, yeah, you guys suck. And what do you know what you're doing? And so they're like, well, you, you're nobody. So we're just going to boot you out to the field versus they really think that, what I don't understand is why couldn't they, if they wanted to move or promote Bajan, why couldn't they flip flop the two? So if they told Peterman, Hey, we're going to move Bajan up to number two, maybe Peterman said, well, if you're, if I'm not going to be the backup, just get rid of me. Um, but I don't mean like, honestly, I don't know where he's going to find a roster spot. So, I mean, if I were him, I would just be like, fine, I'll play three. I mean, to me, this this is signs of moving Peterman back to the practice squad once he qu- clears waivers because he's not going to get picked up by another team. Right? I know, but I mean, it's one of those things where is it, this also could be, hey, we just had an offensive lineman injury. We need to open up a roster spot. Yeah, I, so mean, the, I mean, they that, made that, moves. That might be what they did. So out of the two, we'd rather keep Bajant as our number two. He's got the – and to be honest, probably the most more talented – uh, player. Yeah, so th- there is a, a corresponding move coming uh, with the roster, right? Well, we'll see if he gets put on the practice squad if this was a roster free-up move versus if they don't even put him on the on the practice squad, then maybe this is something like more of an internal issue. issue. Yeah, it could be more. And I, and I feel like we've, we've buried the lead today um, because the two big stories coming out of Hallis Hall – one is Alan Williams tenders his resignation as defensive coordinator, citing you know health and family reasons. There's a lot of rumors on social media in terms of what may or may not be going on. Yeah, I am saying we, without any definitive source or any you know conf- confirmation of any of those rumors, it is just pure speculation. So I'm not going to touch on that. Uh, I hope whatever it is that's going on 
Um, you know, he, if it's a health issue or whatever it is, he gets whatever help he needs to, to, to get things in order. So, you know, uh, but what that means is under the, there's now a major hole in the defensive coordinator role. Uh, Iberflus was calling the defensive plays last week against Tampa, but there is now a need for a defensive coordinator and, and or someone to at least step in in those shoes. So, I mean, you know, there's, there's a lot of rumors floating around now. Obviously everybody wants to speculate, you know, could it be uh, the return of lovey, which I I'm all for it, man. I think lovey would be a solidifying force in the locker room. You know, a guy who obviously has been with the organization has been successful with the organization, but something's got to be done at DC. I mean, if you can't just leave that open for another 15 games, right? I'm going to tell you uh, a name that I think is going to be the defensive coordinator. It's called Matt Eberflus. I just don't know if he's going to bring in somebody. I think he's just going to take over and be the DC and the head coach until the end of the year. I just don't. To be honest, Mike, it's just one of those things where I've seen a bunch of head coaches play both positions and look at McVay. There's a bunch. Right. Yeah, there's a lot of head coaches that take on kind of the main role in one side of the football. And, and I the think other, so. I think Eberflus is starting to feel the heat. Uh, he's starting to see his defense. Look, we talked about this even with Matt Nagy, who was basically that same role, right? One with the Bears as well. He was the OC, which he said he gave away play calling a bit, whatever. But for the most part, he was the OC and the head coach. When you're a specialist and you're brought in to be known as a coordinator for success and the thing you're supposed to be successful at is starting to fall apart you might want to take control you're not going to get the bears have seen it if you're a defense or offensive specialist and the thing you're brought to bring in is sucks so we just went through this with naggy they're not there's gonna be no tolerance there's gonna be no patience and i think eberflus knows that i don't know we don't know the true reason why these two you know basically of of um williams williamson's uh resignation but he didn't make the trip to tampa so it's very interesting that based on that and then now being now instantly resigning which from a lot of people have came as a shock so we don't know if there was a contentious relationship potentially we just don't know there's a lot maybe this will hopefully unfold later we'll get some more info uh, as this news breaks and, you know, more people start to rat out the system, so to say. But I see Eberflus is basically looking at it as like, hey, if I bring anyone else in here and they suck, it's my ass. And it's true. All these coordinators and all this stuff, being the head coach, it's on you. If you're an OC and your offense sucks, you're going to get fired, but the head coach takes the heat. So I think he's going to just maintain being the head coach and he's going to be the D.C. I just see that. I think he's going to try to right the ship. Yeah. I think that's the most likely scenario here, right? Like, I mean, he, you know, the defense, I think, played better in week two than they did in week one. Still a lot of things to correct, but obviously, you know, he had a a week to kind of work with them. And I'm hoping that he, you know, they, they can, if they continue to improve, you know, they may, (laughs) we're still, still, we still suck. That's the thing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're still, they're still bad. Don't I know wrong, we should but... we should have some hope here and stuff, but, uh, but I didn't. Maybe see... they can pull themselves. I didn't. Let's see, anything... see. We went from one sack in week one to no sacks in week two. We went to no turnovers in week one, or no, we had a turnover in week one, right? 
Uh, no, in, no turnovers. No turnovers in week one? No turnovers. Green Bay? None. Zero. And then no turnovers in week two. Uh, and I don't count the block point because that's special teams. So that's not on defense. Yeah, we didn't actually recover that. So that's uh, We let up more yards, uh, and but not as many points. So in my mind, did we really see an improvement? I mean, le- I guess less points, maybe. Did we? But we played against Baker Mayfield and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. This is true. So the defense we know has not looked good for two weeks. The other side of the football, which is obviously the offense, has also not looked good. And Justin Fields went full nuke the site from orbit mode in his presser today. And so. now he's clarified the comments in the in a locker room interview, but I want to read this verbatim because I want to make sure it's in it's in full context, right? Okay. So I wasn't necessarily playing my game. I felt like I was kind of robotic, not playing like myself. My goal this week is just to say F it and go out there and play football how I know how to play football. Andre, if there was ever a quote that we needed from Justin Fields, it's that, right? You and I saw it in person. It looked like he was trying to do too much. He had trying to do too much with his footwork, with his mechanics, trying to read too many things. It was not instinctual at all. And when Justin Fields plays instinctually, as we saw in glimpses last year, he's significantly better. So I'm hoping he is at the point of like, actually, yes, says, fuck it. I'm going in. I have two takes on this. One, it just solidifies the fact that Justin Fields doesn't know how to play quarterback. Because you can look at it from the pers- the coach's perspective. The coach is going to say, hey, um, we need you to do pro-, pro football things. When you see this read, you go this way with the ball. You make these checks. You stand back there, deliver the ball on time. All these things that successful quarterbacks do in the NFL, which Justin hasn't been able to do consistently. So maybe they're trying to get him consistent. You do that through mechanics. Uh, you do that, obviously, through coaching and repetitions and all that stuff. But um, what I saw in Tampa was not a comfortable drop back, delivering the ball, throwing Justin Fields. And it definitely seemed like he was really hesitant to run at all, which he did in Green Bay, right? In Green Bay, he scampered quite a bit. So number one, you look at it as, hey, I'm going to – I don't want to basically do your coaching stuff, which he kind of said. Like, I felt robotic. What's the reason? Coaching. Okay. So, like, I saw Rich Eisen's um, show, and he was talking about this, and those two perspectives made a lot of sense to me. Uh, one – Maybe the Justin Fields can't do it and he's going to rebel against the type of coaching or the coaching he's getting. Number two, the coaching sucks and he's not going to basically sit there and say, you're not going to teach me how to play football. I'm just going to play football. In either case, I don't care because all of this is horrible. No matter which way you look at it, if he can't be coached or if he doesn't like his coach, this is not win-win. This is lose-lose because that means you have the wrong coaches for the staff yet again, a.k.a. Nagy and Mitch Trubisky, or 
you basically have Justin Fields who just won't take the coaching and basically wants to do his own thing. So realistically, Mike, yeah, the and, and Kyle, gonna be in the, the pro the proof's going to be in the pudding when it comes to next week's game because if he runs around like a maniac and throws the ball, you kind of look at it and go, well, everyone will look at the tape, they'll do the analyzation and all that stuff, and they're saying, yeah, he still missed throws, yeah, he might have gotten first downs, but look, he's got a concussion. So it's one of those things where it's this style of football. I mean, look at Anthony Richardson. Looks great. He's already has a concussion in two weeks. So he does. And, and you and I have talked about it. That style of football where your quarterback is running and taking hits, it's not sustainable. It just so he, I don't know. Like, th- this is the thing that what I think what people have forgotten Justin Fields has tremendous athletic ability. And when he needs to, he ran for plays. But in college, he never did that. He never ran consistently in college. He wasn't known as a running quarterback. He was dropping dimes. And then when he had to run, he made he extended plays and he and he did it. He played more like an Aaron Rodgers in college where he used his feet to extend plays to get first downs, but he mainly was just throwing in the pocket. He was known as a thrower. And all of a sudden, our image of Justin Fields is he should be the opposite. So when Justin Fields talks about playing his game, I'm wondering which game is he referring to? Is he referring to his college days where he's like, you know what? I'm just going to mechanics the way I want to throw how I want to read how I want to and forget about all the stuff you're telling me. Or is he going to play like I need to run in order for us to win? So that's what I'm going to do. I don't know. We're going to see. That's a, that's a good question. And I'm wondering you know, obviously with the team losing as, as much as they have been, and, and, you know, I get half the roster has been turned over, but half the roster from last year is still here. And those guys have seen a lot of losing. And I think it's obvious, you know, these guys are human. The frustration of losing is building, right? Oh, and yeah. I'm wondering at what point does this seem like Justin just doesn't want to be here anymore? You brought up a very good point at maybe he's outspoken and he's criticizing his coaches and he's basically trying to start the initiation of ejection seat. Like he's reaching down for the ejection seat soon and he wants to just rip the rip, rip the ejection seat and punch out. Right. I get that. I, I don't know, Mike, I, I don't know what it is. The bears obviously don't know what it is. And I, and we, I, we know we talked about it off the podcast, but I kind of feel like the fuse they somehow have been lit. I don't know. It was a long fuse that just started like smoking and eventually this whole thing imploded or it's imploding or it was a short fuse. But it feels right now that the coaching staff, the players, there's a lot of turmoil, obviously, inside of that building with the players and coaching staff right at this moment. And because just when you think, oh, we just got to fix this one thing, you lose your starting left tackle. Just when you think this has happened, your defensive coordinator all of a sudden just just we're done even in week three, and you've lost the DC. All of these things are not normal. I mean, you get injuries, but on a team that's losing, you cannot have this turmoil in my mind to be successful. And Ryan Pulse has just got to be thinking like, did I just get in a booby trap here, or what happened? Um, I'll tell you as a fan, it makes you feel like you're cursed. 
I'll tell you that much. Somehow, I don't know what happened. Uh, if we got cursed somehow, but it feels that way right now, I tell you. I mean, I know Jets fans are like, they feel cursed when Aaron Rodgers lost his Achilles and essentially they, and they were on hard knocks and everything was doing great and they're doing good. And then guess what? They get Zach Wilson and he throws three interceptions and they're like, yep, we're, we're doomed. I kind of feel a little Jets right now. I understand what those guys are going through, to be honest. I mean, it's one of those things under, we, we, you and I have seen this situation of just decades of futility when it comes to the bears and the quarterback position. And we've seen a cycle of, you know, QBs drafted or, or traded for in Cutler's case, new coach comes in, gets a, you know, inherits the quarterback, the quarterback and coach relationship doesn't pan out. Offense doesn't produce coach fired or, or QB fired. New QB comes in coach gets fired. Then, you know, next coach inherits that QB Andre at some point, if the bears finish with, I say four or five wins, if we can even get there at this point, I'm, I'm, I'd be happy to get one, just one right now. Yeah. If you're going to move on from Justin Fields, barring, you know, if, if his effort, I'm just going to go play how I like to play. You know, if it turns his performance around, great. You and I would both love that. We obviously want Justin Fields to succeed. But if this team does not improve and they get, you know, to a top five pick in the draft, which we've talked about in earlier episodes of the pod, and you're going to move on from Justin Fields, to me, the only answer to what to do in the off season is to completely start over. I'm cool with keeping polls, but Flus would have to go. Getzy has to go. Fields would have to go. And you've got to get a coach, offensive coordinator and quarterback in the draft that are all on the same page. It's the coach's guy. He picked them early on. It's on him to develop them. There's none of this. I can fix them conversation it is this is my dude yeah i look i've got a lot of emotions about this i think ultimately michael as bears fans we have to realize that this story of quarterback and getting inherited and all is the story of all the shit teams in the league not this is not a bears story this is what it's like being a shit team in the league and this is hard to accept. We have such high standards. We have such high standards as Bear fans that we cannot look in the mirror and realize that we are just as shitty as multiple organizations. But if you look at it, all the same things happen to them. It only changes. It only changes when you somehow get a stud QB and a coach that actually can work together. And, that, and then... That's just the beginning. It doesn't mean it continues. It doesn't mean that it's lasting, but at least you got to start there because when you don't start there, it is it gets awful. Now, there are exceptions to this rule. There are times when a quarterback is inherited with the club and then eventually the coach doesn't draft a quarterback but gets their quarterback guy, right? So this is the things that you we need to look at as we prognosticate what needs to happen so you can keep Eberflus. He just might say, you know what? 
I need to get my OC, maybe Getzy. Like, I, we need to get a guy that, that suits us. And it might not be Justin. Look at McVeigh as an example, right? No one will, no one will ever doubt that McVeigh is actually a great offensive mind in this league, right? You can even say Shanahan, another example. At some point, he looked at Jared Goff and said, you're not the guy. Even though he went to the Super Bowl with that guy. And he traded for Stafford. So it really comes down to, do you trust and believe in Eberflus's system and them instead of this constant rolling the dice lottery instance? Because essentially, you don't want to be put on the... I don't want to be the Arizona Cardinals. We're like, you know what we need to do? Let's just retool everything every two years. Because you know what? They're always going to be at the bottom of the barrel. They'll never get anywhere. So I don't know if that's the answer either. And I don't want to be that trend. At some point, you need stability. It might just be the player that's the problem. It could just be that. Because in many other instances, it was the player that was the problem. And they brought the new player in and all of a sudden things started to click. Right? The, the, when Burrow came to Cincinnati, I don't know if the coach, the coach, I think Zach, whatever his name is, Zach Taylor. He, I think, was yep. he already there when, when Burrow came? He didn't come with Burrow. He didn't draft Burrow. I think he was already there and then they drafted Burrow. So, uh, yeah. So yeah, that's he, the, he was the guy who picked Burrow. Right. So this is what I'm saying. You just have to make sure that you have the right person to lead the franchise. And if they if the players that they got, they've already they've already kicked out most of the roster because it wasn't for them. They kept the QB thinking this is their guy. This, you know, he's got potential. Let's roll the dice here. They didn't extend him. They hedged their bet with picks. So maybe Justin Fields is just not their guy and they have to get a guy. And maybe they'll be fine. So I don't know if we have to just replace everything all the time. We might have we might think about it. This is definitely not boding well for a stable situation. This is not like a stable genius here. What we're happening here with uh with the organization, especially when you lose your DC within two weeks. But we don't know the full story of that. It literally could be the guy has like a serious medical issue or something in his family and he can't keep his mind on football. I mean, yeah. it might be there might be no personality problems. There might not be any type of competency problems. It literally could be uh, I got to go because like I might have a medical issue or something or somebody in my family does and I can't focus on football. That might be totally legitimate. That, so like, it, could, it, it could be. And again, like I said, there's 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 a million rumors swirling and and until just, something substantial just like comes the, out. All of this coming together just sucks. My biggest out of all the news today that happened. It's the obvious disruption with Justin Fields and the coaching staff. Yeah, there is definitely some tension there. And Justin clarified that, you know, he's, he wasn't trying to throw his coach under the bus. He's not blaming coaching. He, he, he said you know. coaching. He's just walking back those comments because people came up and said, dude, you can't be throwing the coaches under yeah, the bus. Yeah, I mean, you know, Kyle Long, you know, went, to, went on social media and posted a video basically, you know, saying, hey, man, you can't do that. I did that, you know, when, when he was critical of Nagy. And he's like, that shit sticks with you for like a decade. And he's like, you, you can't be, can't do that. He goes, even if you're, even if it's true, that's not something you can say. Right? Can I tell you that... why? Who, who's the quarterback in, in, uh, for the Jets right now? Oh, Zach Wilson. Remember Zach Wilson's famous line? He's like, hey, 
do you think that uh, it was your problem or the offensive line? He's like, offensive line, not my problem. Yep. And then all the trust is gone, man. He From that point on, everyone is going to remember him for that guy saying that line about basically throwing his teammates under the bus. Nothing else. Like, basically, he's too aloof. And so Justin is basically almost did a Zach Wilson. Maybe not as bad because he didn't call out his teammates. But you just got to be really careful, again, because you have a bunch of teammates and you have a bunch of now, now you've opened yourself up to, well, really, is it the coaches? Are you the problem or are you the problem? Because now once you say that, all he had to say was, I got to play better. I got to study more. And then I'll get more relaxed. I'll feel more comfortable and I can let things go. That's all he had to just leave it at that. But he, uh, Michael, the problem is we don't know. We're not in the building. We've seen Luke Getze and we've seen the system that he's in. I kind of think, you know, Justin Fields is expressing the frustrations that the fans have. If I take my take, like I can see this both ways, right? But I kind of see it as like, hey, man, why are we calling fucking three screen passes down at the goal line in a row? Let me, you know, give me a read option. Give me something. Get some, get some plays in here that we know we're both good at and then I can run and let me play football. I think, honestly, that's his frustration level was like, guys, I can take care of this team. I can take us there. I'm not allowed to do so. Yeah. And that's, it, that's my personal feeling. And of you what and I said. said it, you know, yeah. even during the game against the Bucks, and in, in the post-game pod that we did where it just looks like he's overthinking too much, trying to focus on too many different things at once. And it's not instinctual. And it could be that he's just – he's not taking the coaching, as you said earlier, or he just can't relate to what think, they're trying to show him. I think the problem is that you – if you call plays or you call a scheme or a game plan that the quarterback is not comfortable with or doesn't like or approve, it's going to put you in that position of just not like – Hey, we, we, saw it, we saw it with Nagy and, and, and Mitch when, yeah. you know, when Nagy goes, no, it's, it's Mitch's fault and doesn't even show up to the – postseason meeting to go over what's going on i mean it, you know brings in foals and it turns out no it wasn't really all mitch's problem either you know yeah we've seen this cycle play out before and i think that's the most frustrating part that's the most frustrating part is yeah, i feel this, like we just this is we, like deja vu over again right yeah, away just, like not even years separated it literally came back right around like we're in the matrix yeah and i feel like the agents are about to close in on us you know and and Chicago sports in general right now, you know, the, the Cubs are, are fighting for a playoff spot, but the Bulls, the White Sox, and the Bears have been in such a disarray for the last season, this year especially, that I feel like it's the Spider-Man meme of everybody pointing at each other, right? And it's like, which one of us, I'm the biggest shit show in the city, right? Oh, it was like, God. It's like the full-on hold my beer moment from the Bears after the White Sox, you know, fiasco over the last couple of weeks. And it's just like, man, can we just, can we get some semblance of normalcy in the city maybe, when it comes to the, the sports, Michael, even Northwestern? This is the, yeah, I know. This is the thing. <laughs> like maybe, every team, man. It's, maybe it's maybe chaos. this is, this is normal. Maybe this is normal. And we just got to like, we're <laughs> like, maybe we don't realize we're an abusive relationship. 
and we just got to acknowledge maybe maybe we're, we're in an abusive relationship right now. You know, we just might have to say, hey, you know, I'm living with a person with schizophrenia or some disorder or like they're, they're beating the shit out of me. And I'm always defending the person that's beating the shit out of me. Like, no, I ran into the door. Maybe I got maybe we're getting thrown down the stairs. We're not running into doors. We're getting thrown down the stairs and we're just going to smile and be like, it'll be better next time. Until we get thrown down the stairs again. Like at some point, you kind of go, come on, man, help us out. I know they want to. I know they're trying hard. I know the Bears want to win. The players are frustrated. The city's frustrated. It's bubbling out. It's just amazing that with all of this turmoil, there's like no guiding light. There's no like, hey, we're in a, we're in a storm, but I can see, I can see the end. Like I can see the lighthouse. You know what I mean? So I just got to ride it out because that's what initially I thought this season would be like, hey, this is all it was bad. We get a first pick in the draft. We got some players. And I thought I saw the light, the lighthouse in the storm. In this case, I felt like I went to sleep. The ship got tossed around and I looked out and there's like, nope, no more lighthouse. (laughs) It's still bad. Not only is it no more lighthouse, the ocean looks like a giant porta potty, right? Water oh, it's right bad. Now. I mean, it's bad. It is a complete shit show. And the worst part, Mike, is we're gonna try to deal with all of this going to Kansas City and playing Patrick Mahomes, who might pull like, "Hey, you didn't draft me, you fuckers." Uh, and Nagy's gonna be like talking in his ear, "Hey, they didn't draft you, fuckers." Uh, and you know, like, "Hey, I don't hate, I don't like those guys either." We basically got the person we didn't draft and the coach we kicked out of here playing against us at home and they're a Super Bowl contender. And so now I, I you got to deal with that on top of all of this. If you are a gambling person, you know, whatever the bet is with Casey and the points and total yards and Mahomes numbers and Kelsey, like bet the over on all of it. Right. Yeah. I like, know. That there is, you know, if you're in one of those guillotine leagues, right, where you know, or eliminator leagues, I'm picking the Chiefs. Like I'm, I'm in one of those. I'm picking the Chiefs. There's no doubt in my mind. I'm picking Kansas City this week. Yeah. Right? So we we're, we'll talk more about Kansas City. We just kind of did this podcast talk about the drama. But if I had to do like a quick prognostication, obviously we're not. I mean, it's gonna be quick. Kansas City's gonna win. The real question is, can the Bears, are they mentally tough enough to bounce back? And and and, and to, do they have inner belief? Like, I just want to see, do they still, if they still fight hard and they still fight hard for flus and they play their asses off, but they still lose, you know, but they have these flashes of looking good and are in the game, or are they going to put their heads down? Are they going to pout? Are they going to show defeated attitude? To me, that's what I'm looking for. I'm, I know we're going to lose. I'm looking to see if we're going to have some fight left us, in us in the, and have some belief and some pride, have some juice, and just give it all they got. And they they know they're shorthanded. They know they're shorthanded in a lot of different places, but um, hopefully we can keep it close, be competitive. Justin Fields actually just says, I got this, and he shows the league again. Wow, this guy is a superstar, shows the Bears – Hey man, just listen to me, follow my lead, help me call plays to help me get going and we'll be good. 
that's that's what I'm hoping for. We'll probably get a little bit of in between that. I mean, we have no idea what we are in store for, but we will know everything we need to know about this team come Sunday. And it is going to be one, it's going to be drama regardless. And yeah. this is why we watch this soap opera that is the NFL and why it's so addicting. Because if you had this shit on your bingo card, I mean, you can go claim your prize now because I guarantee you no one had all of this. Yeah, right? it's like the Especially real housewives the, of the Chicago Bears, man. This this is the, the shit that might happen over the course of a season, and it is one day. <laughs> it I mean, is a lot, week two. Well, I mean, I feel like, again, like a lot of teams, we go, ha-ha, look at Cleveland and look at all these other franchises. We are that we, team right now. We are a laughing But we style. are – like, hey, your quarter, you know, your running back just slapped some person in the in the elevator, and they got dragged off, and now they're cut. Like, that is, I feel like we're approaching some some points where, like, we would be like, at least we're not that team. Now I'm like, God damn it, we are that team right now. We we are that team right now, and it is an absolute dumpster fire. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that is the best way to put it. As much as, you know, it, it, it deep down, you and I want the Bears to be successful, right? We both obviously do. We've been rooting for this team our entire life. Yeah. But as fans and as, you know, as uh, podcasters who, who, who follow this team religiously, right, we have to acknowledge when shit is bad and shit is bad. Yeah. It is bad on a level. This might be worse than the Tressman uh i don't know it is we are almost if we're not there we are one step away we're we're, i'll tell you what michael i've i think i put a permanent memory block on the trestman era for um psychological health um to be honest but we might be bobsledding right down to trestman days i mean mean, if there was ever proof that 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 time and history is just a circle and shit comes back around this is all you need to see I mean, it's just like we're kids at Mount Trashmore, and basically we're sled- we're sledding right down to Tressman days, and if I not mean, worse. So this is this is Naggy Fox and Tressman put in a blender, and I don't need make it make sense. That's all I want. Just make it make sense. Like I said, they we're gonna we're gonna see the character of the team on Sunday against Kansas City. Um. And then, you know, if if that looks bad, you've got really one more week in Denver. And I, like I said, now we're on Bajan Watch. We are on Bajan Watch. And, and yep. I, you know, I, we, you and I have talked about this before. That mini buy after the Commanders game might be. I mean, if, if Justin's calling out his coaches, you're not going to stay too long in a franchise if you keep that up. He might want to get traded. If not, he might just get benched. And they'd be like, you know what? I don't care if you're the star quarterback, I'm benching your ass. And they might put in Bajant, and, you know, we're gonna, at that point we're basically giving up on the season. And everyone, we don't know what Bajant can do, and I'm not saying, you know, who knows if he's Brock Purdy, who knows what he is. We don't know. And to be honest, we shouldn't want to know because we've seen what Justin Fields can do. But we also have seen Justin Fields. We know that there's no way he can run and take those many hits and actually be a quarterback for us. Because even last year, he was taken out a few games because of just getting knocked around so much. This year, I mean, uh, if you, uh, Michael, if you look at it this way, 
if you're going to get hit for like six sacks a game and you're getting hit hard, why not gain a few yards and get hit that way? Yeah, at least gives you a chance to win, right? I mean, at this rate, he's getting popped anyways just sitting back there for either holding on to the ball or just because of our line play. Maybe just run for three yards and just get hit that way. I mean, he's still getting hit. Uh, maybe not as much. But just have like six design runs and that's not a sack. At least it's hopefully uh, some positive yards. I don't know. I'm trying to look at it without being like uh, too crazy cuckoo because, you know, this is all came out one day. But we're going to see. Hopefully the game plan's good for Kansas City and we'll see what happens. Andre, we're going to wrap up with this. Even with all of this craziness going on, the Bears are only one game out of the division lead. And Detroit oh, is playing the Falcons, and Green Bay is playing the Saints, which are both games that they could lose. And, and we're tied. The Bears with put the miracle victory in KC. I'm like, I, Michael, we, uh, <laughs> you're I'm gonna, telling me there's a chance. All right, so I'm going to give you one more chance perspective. We walked in probably thinking there's no way we were going to beat New England last year. No way. Uh, we probably both would have said we're not beating New England in New England last year. Especially if you were telling us that during the season, we were like horrible, right? That was after Cleveland. I was like, after like, holy shit, this is not looking good. Oh no, that was, that was, the, that was falling year. But yeah, I mean, it was, it was looking bad. Like offense was horrible. And all of a sudden it flipped and we just looked really good. Like they made play call changes. Our defense stepped it up. I'm not saying it's going to happen against Kansas city. But if you want to tell me there's a chance, I'm going to give you the lighthouse in the storm. If we can somehow figure out and turn it on like we did against New England, against Kansas City, you're talking about a major morale change because winning solves all problems. It it absolutely does. Plain and simple. So if a miracle can happen, we somehow win in Kansas City. Like you said, we're not far off from the division. But let's be real. That's still a a hope and a prayer. It's a hope and a prayer. On that uh, note, we will be back to preview the game against the Chiefs, uh, barring any new absolute drama that comes out. Yeah. And that's, and to be honest, that's a short. That's going to be a short one because it's going to be. We're going to lose. But we're going to lose. <laughs> and we're going to just try to but, figure out. But we might have some more information to talk about for sure based on the teams and stuff like that and more Justin Fields stuff. So we'll, we'll, we'll do a little preview of Kansas City. But I don't want to dive too deep when I just – I mean, it, you know who you're up against. This is not like a – It's not, not looking good. So yeah. on that note, it has been one hell of a day at Hallis Hall. One hell of a day in Bear fandom. I don't ever remember a crazy day like this, but we will be back because we can't quit this team, and I don't know why. So, Andre, on that note, it's time to say goodbye to the people. Michael, we're addicted, and see ya. We need an intervention.